Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Mark Woods, back with another Page One podcast um, with Andrew Pantazzi talking about a story you had in Sunday's paper, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. it was in Sunday's paper. Okay. Um, very interesting. You took, um, you know, sometimes statistical stories aren't very exciting, but you took this and made it kind of interesting and wove in some of the uh, political backdrop. And um, so I guess tell people a little bit what the story is about. Yeah, so the... Uh FBI requires uniform crime reporting from law enforcement agencies here in Florida. FDLE takes that data and they kind of manage it and they release it and they give a semi-annual report that tracks the first six months of the year. Since in Jacksonville, the mayor takes office July 1, we're able to look at those you know half years and put them together. This is the first time we now have three years worth of data from Lenny Curry. At this point in 2014 when Lenny Curry was running for mayor he was making crime the central issue of his campaign um, hammering former mayor Alvin Brown for what Lenny Curry said was skyrocketing violence for a number of reasons Lenny Curry was misleading and using statistics in a very intentionally false manner Um, he was comparing an old definition of rape to a new definition of rape using 2010 as a starting point even though um, Alvin Brown took office in 2011 um, was using a number of different ways to make crime look worse than it was. Um, in actuality, that was one of the times when the murder rate and the violence rate were at their lowest in Jacksonville's um, uh, recent history. Um, but because he said this, um, I wanted to just take a look and, and see where does this match up for Lenny Curry. Um, just to give a, a couple of the quotes he said on the campaign trail back in 2014 and 2015, he said, um, uh, we should all be angry. We should all be upset. We should all be mourning. Our violent crime has now spiked over the last three years. The murder rate is now back up. Um, and to be clear, um, there was an increase um, uh, at times in the murder rate. It's not a stable rate, but as an average for the four years that Alvin Brown was in office, the murder rate and the violent crime rate was significantly down from uh, Mayor John Payton. Um, again, that's not to say Alvin Brown was responsible for it, but those were the facts, and Lenny right. Curry was, was um, saying at the time that that was very bad. Now the murder rate is back up. Um, it's back up to the same average rate it was at under Mayor Payton, um, and the violent crime rate is also um, slightly up from Alvin Brown's administration. Um, this is despite the fact that after he was elected, one of the things that Curry said was, this will be a safe city again for every family, every person, every kid, every neighborhood, will know that we care about them. And so, yes, and what what actions did he take when he became mayor that were going to, in theory, change this? Yeah, so the big campaign promise he made related to public safety was increasing the number of police officers, um, which he did. He um, has 
increase the sheriff's office budget um, uh, very significantly. Um, when uh, Mayor Brown was mayor, the sheriff's office was about 25% of the city budget. It's now, um, uh, I think it's 30, 36. Yeah, yeah 36%. Um, that's despite pension costs declining. Um, so also a larger share of that budget is actually going toward personnel rather than the pension costs since um, one of the mayor's key initiatives was pushing off pension payments into the future. Um, so we're spending more on the sheriff's office. Uh, what we see with that is a larger share of the arrests the sheriff's office are making are related to drug crimes. Um, so there's a question about whether more officers automatically means a lower crime rate. Um, we haven't seen it yet. Um, you could argue that maybe you have to wait longer into the future to find out. However, again, um, I think what's key here is to use the standard that Lenny Curry used when he was campaigning, which was he said three years is enough time to prove that your plan is working. And if it's not working yet, then voters should vote you out. Um, at this point in Lenny Curry's plans have not yet worked to reduce crime. Um, in fact, crime has gone up, at least violent crime. Well, and the other thing I found interesting was that you comparing it to the rest of the state, and, you know, you had in there, um, since the last election, county has been moving away from the rest of the state, and you, you wrote, as the rest of the state grows safer, devolves trends are in the opposite direction, which sometimes it seems like we have nationwide or statewide, crime will go one direction, and then everywhere in America, you know, leaders are saying, look what I did, and yet, guess what? It's, it's down everywhere in America. So I think this is what, to me, jumps out that as troubling that you know the whole state is going one way and we are not yeah and and that's a great point because the whole nation is getting safer um we are safer now than we have been um in the last 50 years across the country um just about every state is near all-time lows um, regardless of where you are um florida is one of those states um while our crime hasn't fallen as much as it has in say new york um or some other states our crime is still at a 50-year low in Florida. And the reason I say 50 years is just because we have 50 years worth of data. Hmm. Um, it may be even longer than that. Um, but we are at a 50-year low in Florida. But in Duval, that's not the case. Um, uh, we are seeing um, uh, a rise in violent crime, even as the rest of the state sees violent crime dropping by large percents each year. Um, the murder rate did slightly increase in Florida as a whole. It went up by about 2%. But here, it went up um, much higher than that. I forget what it was, something like 6%. I think um, 5.7 or something, I think. Yeah. It jumped out at me, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and this is happening. Um, one thing I, I, I usually would caution with statistics is something called base rates. So if you take New York City, for example, New York City has extremely low murder rates right now. Um, in fact, uh, for the first time ever, New York City was safer than London, for the first time in American history. Um, their murder rates are extraordinarily low. So if they have just a couple more murders in one year compared to the last year, you could argue murder rate increase is higher than ever on a percent basis. Mm -hmm. um, yet for us, what I'm saying is ours is higher and yet we continue to have percents that are higher, which is what I mean by we're getting away from the pack. Mm -hmm. um, everyone else is getting lower. And if there were a blip on the radar where one of those counties um, went up sharply one year um orange county had that when they had the pulse shooting um 
then you could understand, well, they already had a low base rate. So the percent increase is going to be significant. But for us, we're already high, which makes this even more bizarre. In fact, the only time um, recently where a county came close to us on murder rate was when Orange County had the Pulse shooting in which, what was it, 50, uh, or 49 people were murdered in one incident. So it takes a Pulse shooting to make any other county like Jacksonville. Uh, uh, one way I thought of it is that it's as if we are having a Pulse shooting every single year in Duval County. Hmm. And you used um, cited Parkland comparing Broward County and how that that wasn't even enough in in Broward County they had a mass shooting in a six month period so we're not even looking at a full year mm-hmm. so each murder counts double um, uh, for that time period yet even in that six month period our murder rate is double Broward County's mm-hmm. when they had a mass murder hmm. Hmm. Um, crime became you know, back to politics, became a part of the gubernatorial campaign mm-hmm. uh, with Ron DeSantis pointing to the crime rate of Tallahassee as a reason not to elect Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum as governor. Um, what did these stats show about Tallahassee? Leon County had a remarkable decline in crime in the last year, unlike Duval County. Um, Leon County, um, if you'll give me a, a second, I can pull up um, what their change was. Yeah, so in Leon County, um, it's hard to break down the the crime to specific cities um, because these are law enforcement agencies that report the crime. So Leon County Sheriff's Office might report a crime that occurs in in Tallahassee, um, uh, and that doesn't mean the Tallahassee Police Department crime statistics are all the crimes that occur there. Um, So it's easier to do by county than by city. But in Leon County as a whole, the violent crime rate fell by 20% in a single year, which is unbelievable it's it's so remarkable that the violent crime fell that that fast um but already murder rate was significantly lower in leon county in fact in duval county uh you are three times as likely to get murdered than you are in leon county Hmm. yet leon county was still the the same spot where ron DeSantis was continually campaigning um there were um mottos um, that i saw some police using calling andrew gillum andrew killum um, uh, to refer to him. All the while, Jacksonville Sheriff Mike Williams was one of the first major endorsements that Ron DeSantis got. Early in the primary, when a lot of people were endorsing um, Ron DeSantis's uh, challenger, um, Adam Putnam, Mike Williams was supporting him. Um, he was one of the few police um, to support him during the primary. Hmm. Um, and even on a day where there was a mass shooting in Jacksonville right next to the Jaguars football game, Mike Williams was at a campaign event with Ron DeSantis, um, uh, not in Jacksonville. So he was vigorously supporting him. um, And I think that vigorous support was also a tacit endorsement that uh, said Leon County is an unlivable, um, uh, inhospitable place because crime is too high. Yet here in Duval County, our crime is higher than in Leon County. And our murder rate is triple that of Leon County's. And, and even the president jumped in and tweeted yeah. tweeted about that, about Tallahassee. Um, um, and I guess it's hard to know for sure how much that was a piece of the gubernatorial vote, but I think you did cite some polls going back to the mayoral race, um, the last mayoral race, mm-hmm. where, where that was an issue that was a piece of the election. Correct? Yeah, yeah, no, and... Um 
in the city race last um, election in 2015, UNF polled people on what do you think is the most important problem facing Jacksonville today? Um, the number one issue that voters overall cited was crime. Um, and this was before the first election. In Jacksonville, we have two elections, a, a first election and then a runoff. This was before the first election when there were three candidates. Um, and Mayor Curry's voters, more than the other two candidates, um, they were the most likely to say crime. In fact, almost half of Mayor Curry's supporters cited crime as the most important issue um, facing Jacksonville today. Um, you can compare that. Uh, Alvin Brown there was also a large number. It was about 30%. And then Bill Bishop, um, the third candidate, his supporters didn't list crime pretty much at all. They, they were much more likely to cite pension or budget or other issues. Hmm. Um. So, so I think what that shows is Lenny Curry's messaging worked. The people who supported Lenny Curry were more likely to think that Jacksonville had a crime problem than people who did not support Lenny Curry. Hmm. And what does it mean for this coming election next spring? You, you talk to people about that too. I, I think absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, right now, unless there is a challenger who runs against Lenny Curry, um, I have a hard time seeing um, him fail because it's hard to lose to no one. Um, and right now, no one is running against him. You've got your, your slew of no-name candidates who always file. Um, you know, people who are running as no-party affiliate or, or as a third-party candidate. But right now, there is no serious challenger running against Lenny Curry. And if they are planning to mount a last-minute campaign, I think that will fail. Lenny Curry was already talking to people in January of 2014. The election was in uh, March of 2015. Mm -hmm. So he officially announced halfway through the year, it was May or June, and he was campaigning vigorously. He already had campaign ads up um, by Thanksgiving in November. Mm -hmm. We're in December now, and there's no one around, and Lenny Curry has amassed a lot of money in his campaign. I don't think anyone is going to seriously challenge him. One guy has um, announced he's running against the sheriff, um, Tony Cummings, a former officer. Um, he ran as well in 2015, where he got, I think, 4% of the vote. It was a, it was a large field of candidates, but he came in last. Um, I don't think, um, unless he manages to raise a lot of money and, and raise his name recognition, I don't think he's a serious challenger to, to Mike Williams either. So right now, both of them look ready to coast to re-election. I've also found it interesting how the kind of the description or the messaging about some of the violent crime and murders mm -hmm. has, has changed from four years ago. Um, whereas, you know, then it was kind of, yes, we have this dire issue. You, you read some of the quotes and now they're certainly expressing concern and saying we need to do something. But at the same time, also saying this is a small group of people in some parts of town and these are not. This does not mean this is an unsafe city, which feels different to me than the message that was being mm -hmm. sent four years ago. Yeah, now they are saying um, the the message is is almost twofold. It's yes, we have a, a a murder problem, but don't worry because the only people getting murdered are people who are also committing murders, as if to to diminish the the importance of the the murders that are occurring. And it's only the small group of people who are violent in certain neighborhoods um which to me sounds like saying don't worry if you live in mandarin don't worry if you live 
um, uh, at the beaches. Um, this is isolated to certain neighborhoods, which uh, uh, is, is certainly true, but it sounds to me more like an indictment of public officials than anything because you're not saying this is a problem with domestic violence. You're not saying this is a problem where no one could have predicted this. You are saying in neighborhoods where there is poverty, in neighborhoods where there are not strong social infrastructure set up, in those neighborhoods, people are more violent as if that's supposed to cleanse you of any um, responsibility as a public official. And I, I don't understand that um, rationale, um, if that is the rationale that they are using. Um, but yeah, they are certainly now trying to make it sound like while the murder rate is a bad problem, um, don't worry because it's isolated to just a small percent of people. One, one line that uh, Sheriff Williams uses often is this is only 1% of the population. Um, in a city of 900,000 people, that's 9,000 people. Um, that's a lot of people right. if it's 1% of the population that's doing this. Um, but still, even if you know you take them at their word that this is a small group of people, um, the question is, um, are you deploying resources as effectively as you can? Um, I looked at how the sheriff's office was using some of its resources. Um, and what you see is, despite getting more money than ever in history, despite having more technology than ever, um, despite all of these advances in um, uh, crime solving, their clearance rate is lower. Their clearance rate, uh, which is... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Yeah, a, a clearance, clearance rate. rate is, you get an offense that gets called in. So say you have a burglary at your house and you call the police. Um, they count that as an offense. Now say they make an arrest for a burglary, they count that as an arrest. If you look at the arrests versus the offenses, they are um, uh, significantly low. Um, and this actually benefits them, uh, the clearance rate because you can have more than 100%. Um, if you have tons of offenses every year and then one year you go gangbusters and you manage to arrest every past murder and so you could have 1,000 murder arrests in one year and only 100 murders mm. called in and then you've got a 1,000% clearance rate. They're not at 1,000%. Uh, their, their total clearance rate is more like 17%. Uh, they are um, uh, reducing the number of cases that they're able to clear by arrest. They can also clear a case if they rule that something is justified. For example, uh, with a, a murder that, you know, this wasn't a murder, it was a homicide. They can clear it if the suspect dies. Um, they can clear it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think what else. The, there's one or two other ways that they can also clear in a, uh, an offense, and yet their clearance rates are declining. The sheriff's office said, well, you gotta wait until the end of the year when we release our statistics and you'll see that it's not as bad as, as it looks, but year over year, um, quarter over quarter, the, their clearance rates are declining despite getting more money, um, which leads me to wonder, is there maybe a mission creep or, or something that's creeping up because you see that the portion of their arrests that are related to drugs are rising. Um, now, the total drug arrests aren't necessarily rising, but they're spending, it seems, more of their resources on uh, what you might think of as discretionary arrests. That includes drug arrests. Um, that includes you know, liquor violations or prostitution arrests, um, uh, kind of those vice um, uh, uh, sex arrests, like for you know, public exposure, things like that. Um, are becoming a larger share of their total arrests. In fact, if you took every violent crime arrest they made during the six month period, that wouldn't even reach half of the drug arrests that they made. Hmm. Hmm. 
And I guess we should say you, if I remember correctly reading it, you reached out to both the mayor's office and sheriff's office hoping to have yeah. them talk yeah, about I, this. I, I wanted to ask them because um, both of, no one in this city wants there to be violence. No one in this city wants the current state of affairs to stay the same. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask the mayor and I wanted to ask the sheriff, what do you think the city needs to do to improve its state? Um, both the sheriff and the mayor did not um, uh, grant me an interview. Sheriff Williams said he uh, would try his best to talk to me this week. Um, uh, I told him, you know, the data came out and we need to respond to the data right away, but I'm still willing to talk to him this week. Um, the mayor's office, um, I, I think probably throughout the, the email when they got it because um, uh, they responded by saying, we will check on this for you. And that was it. Um, I didn't hear anything more from him, but no one thinks that mayor Curry or Sheriff Williams is happy with these numbers. I'm sure that they are as livid as anyone. Um, but we still have to ask them the question of what are you doing about it? What should change? Um, they both talked about several programs. Um, the, the city has a violence reduction initiative um, in place, um, which is gang members who are out on probation as part of their probation um, have to come to these regular meetings. They're called call outs where they're supposed to meet with prosecutors and police and they're told there's a stick and there's a carrot. Um, if you continue the life you're living, we're going to come after you and we're going to assign police to follow you wherever you are and we will arrest you for anything you do and uh, put you in jail. Um, or you can go meet with Operation New Hope, meet with some nonprofits, and we can try to get you a job and get you um, uh, settled. Um, that's one model that they've tried. I don't think that model has had any immediate success. Um, uh, there's another model they've explored interesting called the cure violence model, um, which is a less policing um, focus. Mm-hmm. It's instead more focused on social work. The idea is you hire people. You're literally paying them money to be violence, uh, to, to do violence intervention. They're supposed to be in the community trying to get people um, out of gangs, out of these social groups, um, and trying to stop people from committing violence. Um, instead of it being police, it's more hiring people within the community. Um, they, they have said they want to do an evaluation. I think it's a $7,500 or something like that, a very low cost evaluation of the program. Um, I just wonder, is that conveniently timed before an election? Um, where they won't have to spend any money on it, but they can say they're looking into a mm-hmm. new program. Because programs like that are controversial. Um, you go to certain parts of the city and you say, what we want to do is we want to take people who've committed violence and give them money to not commit violence anymore. Mm-hmm. Some people will uh, be offended at that concept. Other people will say it's, it's worked in other communities. Um, it's helped to reduce crime in other cities. Um, let's try it. We're desperate for anything. But will that work? Will Will we properly fund it? Um, you know, the, it takes a lot of money and it takes a serious commitment to actually do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy to campaign by saying, I hired 147 or 187 uh, police officers. It's harder to campaign by saying, I hired social workers <laughs> um, who you may not see yet whether they are making a difference, but give it four years or eight years and the crime will begin to fall. Um, right. Well, thanks. I mean, I think it's important. This is one of the things we do as a paper that you're good at is taking data comes out and, you know, you, you put it in Excel spreadsheets and things and figure it out and um, and distill it down into a story um, and then give it that context you did both historically statewide um, 
and that's that's one of the things you and others do well in here. So obviously an issue that is not going to go away anytime soon. So uh, unfortunately, yep. So um, you know, go to jacksonville.com and read it and uh, check the Florida Times Union for Andrew's future stories. Thank you. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.